0: Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. If the shoe fits, wear it. One size fits all on this message. You know, there's been a lot of bones. There's a foundation laid to the word already that I had to give to you. I love confirmation when the Lord gives it. And we started last year. As about all of you started last year, and it was a rough year. This one right here, many's prophesied a year of restoration, and I believe that that restoration is fully dependent upon if your heart accepts that seed. Have you tilled up that ground? Of your heart yet. I believe we need to till up the grounds of our hearts so that we are sensitive to the Word of God, that we are sensitive to the Holy Ghost when He begins to bid us to move. But last year, throughout all of the distress, throughout all of the chaos, throughout that pandemic, we saw revival back home. We saw revival back home. We chose not to shut down. We chose not to bow a knee. And we chose to stand when everybody else was falling and caving in around us. And I believe that's what the church is called to do, is to stand. When we're told about the full armor of God, he says to stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. We're going to talk about some truth tonight. He said, first and foremost, before you do anything in putting any more of that armor on, let your loins be girt about with truth. We saw over 150 people that did not come to this little country church before they came and found their way to an altar as the Spirit of God drew them there. I'm glad to say that more than half of them stuck We've got a growing youth group right now, and God's been good to us right in the middle of heartache, right in the middle of a famine. God was blessing his people, and he's still doing that today. But it was built upon the premise of what it says there in 2 Chronicles 7.14. Everybody knows it. It's been quoted over and over again. If my people that are called by my name would humble themselves to seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then would I hear from heaven and I would forgive their sins. I'd heal their lands. And this land needs a healing, but it's going to come through revival. And that revival, as an old evangelist once spoke, he said, you want to know where revival starts? You take your finger, you draw a circle on the ground, you step in that circle, and you say, God set me on fire. Set this heart on fire. So we've got a lot to deal with today. Like I said, one size fits all in this message. It's been spoke of earlier today. Palm Sunday, it was last Sunday and it was just amazing to me that how the people turned so quickly from praising Jesus on Palm Sunday in the awe of the majesty of who he was to condemning him and crying out for his blood just a few days later and I began to think about how easily many are led astray by the temptations of this world and if you're not very careful and diligent concerning your salvation you might find yourself like the church in Galatia Paul spoke of them And he said I marvel He was shocked that they had fallen away From the faith so quickly And he said you ran so well. You ran so well. And I've come to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance today. Brother Jacoby spoke of remembering what God had done in the past and understanding that he can do it again in this future. It might seem bleak. It might seem drear. It might seem far away. But God is able to work that thing into beauty. He's able to take the ashes of your life, what seems broken and destroyed, and build it up an exceeding great city because because he still turns beauty from ashes. Let me tell you the truth of the gospel today. Paul marveled about it, but I've come to bring remembrance to your minds. Remember when you had a passionate zeal, a love for God. You wanted nothing more than to learn about Him because you not displeased your Savior. You wouldn't dare do it. I want you to remember today when your hearts burned deep within you, when you heard that preached word of God, but now you've grown cold somewhere along the way. I want you to remember out there when your praise was not determined on if it seemed as if your prayers were being answered. It wasn't determined on how you felt. It wasn't determined on how you felt as if God, was His favor was up on you. It was just enough for you to know who He is. It was just enough for you because you had Him and He alone was enough. It was enough to know that your name was was written down in heaven. It was enough for you back then. Paul said you did run well, but what hindered you? What hindered you? You want to know what hindered you today? What hindered you was you. You were the only one that hindered you. When the distractions of this life passed by, you chose the world and what was pleasing to you over what was pleasing to God according to his holy word. When the temptations came your way, you took the bait, you bit the hook and in the shame of failing God, you wallowed in self pity, beating yourself up instead of running back to the cross. Is that right? Anybody else beat themselves up in this place when they fall? I've beat myself up time and time again. Every time I would fall, it was just like a mental block of me getting anywhere because I was too busy beating myself up. And I came here today to tell somebody, some prodigal out there that is just completely vexed and tormented in mind today, that you can come home prodigal, that you don't have to let the shame of your past failures renew. Let me tell you, you don't have to let the shame of your past failures determine the new work that God's about. To do in you, you can be renewed, renewed in this very service here today. You see, the Bible says that God anointed Jesus and the, with the Holy Ghost and with power that He gave Him the Spirit without measure. Now, if His Spirit, if He truly does abide, live within us, then God is not withholding anything from us. But oftentimes, we'll realize we're withholding from God, and I don't believe that God allows us to be continually. Ignorant of our hindrances, I believe that he speaks to the hearts of us all to reveal, to convict, and to correct. I believe that with all of my heart. And what the Lord placed upon my heart for this very service today, I spent so much time in prayer on this. And he gave me a very specific message For this congregation here today. As I began to pray about this. I said God what do you want? And as he led me several weeks ago in this. I I just began to think of what happened this week. So many years ago. And as Jesus hung up on that cross. And took on our sins. He cried with a loud voice. My God. My God. Why have you forsaken me? For the first time in all of creation. The son was separated from the father. Have you ever felt separated from God that like no matter how much you pray, your prayers just aren't getting through? It's like the heavens are shut up like they're brass that everything in the world is coming against you. I've been there. And if we're all honest, I believe that we can say we've all been there. It just doesn't feel like my prayers are getting through, God. I know that you are who you say you are, but I feel I feel just like the one on that day that Lazarus was dead. She looked up and said, if you would have been here, surely my brother would not have died. And he said, Mary, didn't I tell you that if you would believe me, if only we'd believe. If only we'd believe. And she said, I believe. That he'll be raised on the last day. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And in his presence there are no things impossible. I know what it's like to feel hindered. I know what it's like to feel separated. But let me tell you, there's a fine line in what I'm preaching today. This is all going to be preached on a fine line. I understand that sometimes it's just waiting upon the Lord. When we pray, our hearts are right with Him, and we know that we've done the best that we could possibly do. We've laid aside the weights, We've laid aside the hindrances. We've laid aside the sins. We've set our eyes on Christ Jesus, and it still seems as if we were, we've been in a waiting process. But there's a fine line, and I can only cover so much in this one service. And what God wanted me to touch on here tonight is why did he cry? Why have you forsaken me on that cross? Because God will turn his face from sin. God will turn his face from sin Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 The Bible says Behold the Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear you But your iniquities have separated you from your God And your sins have hid his face from you That he will not hear And in Hosea chapter 12 verse 1 It ends in a statement that I find all too applicable In the church oftentimes today it says that your oil is carried into Egypt that your oil is carried into Egypt and oftentimes in the scriptures oil is representative of the spirit of God you saw as the kings were raised up in the days of the kings that they would anoint them with oil that that in those moments that the favor of God would come upon them, a man such as David, when the prophet Samuel came unto him, he anointed him with oil. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. But let me tell you this, that you have used it. You have used it. Many have and you have taken that oil, that thing that God has blessed you with, the talent, the blessing of God and you've wasted it in this world, I'm very guilty, the Lord blessed me to be able to play a guitar by ear he blessed me to be able to sing but I wasted what I had in my earlier years by giving it to the world, by giving praise to everything else out there but God was not receiving any at all from me because I had carried my oil into Egypt into worldliness and applied It unto worldly things. He's looking to get back what's rightfully His. He's looking to get back the praise that we have neglected to give to Him today. I recently got back from a a youth conference there in in Tennessee in Pigeon Forge. Beautiful, beautiful what happened there. God was moving throughout that house. The singing was amazing, the preaching was amazing. About 2,500 in attendance and the Spirit of God was breaking down chains in that place. This was last week amazing, but one thing above all else began to touch my heart. They called for the youth choir to come up and begin to sing, and as they sang... There ain't no grave going to hold this body down. I just remembered, I remembered this verse that their oil is carried into Egypt and I thought within me as I was pricked in my heart and I began to plead at that conference. I was moved to just cry out to God that these children who had such beautiful, marvelous talents used of God, anointed of God, that they would not allow that oil to be carried into Egypt, that they wouldn't bury their talent within this earth. but that they would use it to glorify God in this present time that we're given with all the deception in this day that's vying for their attention and their affection the same deception that is craving your time and affection today. And why is it doing it? Because this this world has a call to it. There is a call of worldliness out there. It's intended to entice the saints and lead them away from the call of God that is up on their life. It is out there to destroy you just as Jesus told Simon Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, the devil has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He wants to destroy you out there. And I've seen so many become enticed and led away by the faith by lusting after what this world has to offer. I've been there and I have seen the end of what this world has to offer. I have seen that there's nothing but heartache out there. The writer said in Isaiah, he said that the chastisement of our peace was upon him, but I looked for it in drugs while I was out there and I never found anything more but heartache. I never found anything more than trouble out there. I looked for it in relationships and I found nothing but brokenness I looked for it in world, worldly pleasures. I looked for it in this. I looked for it in that. And I never could find anything. But when I finally turned my heart to turn where I'd always heard that I could find That blessed peace, I found it one day. And it was all in Jesus. I've seen so many people, their marriages, their relationships have failed because they fall victim to believing the lie of Hollywood and social media as they see these fabricated pictures that people post displaying someone's fake little life with their manufactured happiness with a filter on. And people today begin to say, why can't my life be like that? I wish I had that. And many Christians fall into the same thing. But let me tell you in doing so as they're tempted in this they begin to pack their bags for Egypt. They begin to pack their bags to go off into this worldliness that's only going to leave them empty in the latter end. Let me tell you today that it began somewhere. It began right here in the church. It began because we wouldn't pray when we were tempted in that moment. We wouldn't authorize or use the authority that God had given us. He said that behold I I give you, I give you authority over every unclean spirit. You shall be able to overcome everything more than overcomers in Christ who loves us. I've seen all of these things happen, but you want to know what started in the church? People would ask how somebody was doing and they began to fabricate a lie. Well before COVID ever came about, the church was wearing a mask saying everything's good. Well before Snapchat ever came about, they had a filter on to say everything's fine. They're saying it's all well with my soul when they ask how you're Doing why everything's hell in their home. Hello out there today, that God is looking to save some of you all from the fabrication of this world and give you a joy unspeakable and full of glory, but it's going to require something. You cannot pack that oil into Egypt today. And I don't know if there's anybody else in here that believes like I do, but I believe that social media is one of the leading causes in this generation from falling from the faith. You can see such an evident decline. In the faith right now it's not even funny And many Christians, many brothers and sisters Are given into various temptations That are placed before their eyes On social media You know if you just simply look at something long enough On social media It begins to add more of it onto your page It begins to advertise it more often You see the devil is not omniscient He doesn't know your thoughts He's not all knowing But he's a very good judge of character He sees when those eyes begin to focus upon Something they're not to focus on and you'd better believe he's going to place that temptation right before you time and time again and over and over and over again just as it was for Samson it chipped away little by little until it got him right there where it wanted him at many Christians are falling to these temptations that are placed before their eyes and in some cases they end up deleting their accounts because they've noticed something in themselves that causes them to act or think inappropriately and rightfully so, don't get me wrong I said I'm going to preach on the fine line today. Today. and I'm telling you today that I believe you need to flee from temptation if there's something hindering you from your walk with God if there's something that is increasing you to, to sin out there you need to cut ties with it all but I'm telling you today that some of you are just coming to that place where you find yourself returning to the problem later even if you've deleted yourself from it long before because you think that you've removed yourself from the problem but you never learn to prune the problem from yourself I said it was fine line preaching I don't know if I'm preaching fine but I'm preaching on the fine line you can remove yourself from things and I think it's good to do so but you've got to understand that more often than not that problem is within you when I drove my truck the last time that I stood behind this pulpit I didn't have a clue of what it was like to have contentment I didn't know if contentment was a very real thing or not but I saw and read where Paul said I know what it's like to abound and I know what it's like to be a base I know what it's like to succeed and I know what it's like to be a miserable utter failure in this life but he said I've found in no matter what state that I am in there with to be content and I looked at that and said Paul are you crazy I don't know what contentment is I don't know if it's even a real thing. And maybe with all that this life has dealt you, the hand that it's given you, maybe you don't know if the peace of God is truth or not. Maybe it's been so long since you've experienced peace, joy, and happiness that you don't even know if you can truly receive it again. Maybe you've put your manufactured smile on. And maybe you've come to church and said everything's fine with me while everything's completely broken inside. But let me tell you that over time of laying aside every weight every sin that ever did hinder me and letting him be the joy, the apple, the pearl of great price in my eyes. Above all things, I found that contentment. There is nothing withheld from you of the promises of God as long as you are not withholding yourself from him. But you've got to understand as, as I drove in that truck for a while, it seemed as if everything was fine, but it caught up with me because the problem wasn't back home or anywhere else. The problem was right here. You see, you'll never live above being tempted. If the devil tempted Jesus, he's going to tempt you. But let me tell you what, you can live. You, can, you don't have to live succumbing to it all the time. You must learn to deal with sin. You can overcome all of these temptations. By the word of God. You've got to learn to deal with these temptations. To answer them as they come to tempt you. Just as Christ did in the wilderness when he was tempted. You will have to learn to do yourself. But you cannot leave it unchecked. You must deal with this thing. Today, if you ask me what I see about the church. And I've been to a lot of them. As he said, my job takes me all over this country. I've been in churches all over this country. I've been all over and I've seen more of a problem with a sinful nature of self in the church than nearly anything else I've ever seen. But hardly anybody acknowledges it. It's the first temptation of mankind. Do you realize that? That when the devil came to Eve in the garden, he tempted her with self-service. You do what you want to do. As long as it makes you feel good, you can get the emotions here. But what's, what's, what's it going to benefit you in your latter end? Are you falling to self-service? Are you seeking what's pleasing to you in this life? Are you seeking self-service? Listen to what Jesus says. See, everybody wants to be a disciple, but nobody wants the discipline. And without that discipline, you cannot be a disciple. Jesus said, if any man comes after me, let him deny himself to take up his cross daily and to follow after me. And I've seen a church that lacks a lot of self-discipline today. It's right there in the fruits of the Spirit. And it's listed as such love joy, gentleness, meekness, goodness faith, temperance, long-suffering let me tell you it's temperance what the church needs today one definition is abstaining from alcoholic drink but what we're talking about here is self-control we need some self-control yet not of ourselves but of the Holy Ghost in this house today that's what the church needs but some of you have been feeding too much into the desires of your flesh and more worldliness you take in I want you to understand the more worldliness you take in, the more that appetite will begin to grow for it. And I finally get to where I was wanting to get this whole service. I'm about done. When I was praying about this service, I came to the place where I was on my way back from Virginia, pulled off on the West Virginia Turnpike. And as I was praying, I just closed my eyes and God showed me the shape of this this form of a jackal. And that jackal reached out with the likeness of a man's hand, laid up on another, and began to pray for them. And I thought I understood what God was telling me right then and there. But as I prayed very intently for this service, I wanted to know more. And when I looked it up, jackals aren't very picky about what they eat, they'll hunt. They'll eat good, but they also don't care to scavenge and feast upon the filth of this world. And God showed me what I'm trying to say to you if you're not picking up on it already. I'm saying that there's someone or several out here maybe listening by way of Facebook tonight that would even dare to come into the church and claim the name of Christ. They've tasted and they've seen that the Lord is good, but you feast on carnality in your own time. You delight in worldliness. Isaiah said you love That bed where you saw it, you loved it from the moment that you saw the temptation when it was dangled in front of you. Your heart began to go after that thing. You've loved that desire, you loved the way that it looked, and you delight in that worldliness. But since you've tasted already and that you've seen, you've also got a reputation to maintain. A reputation to uphold. So you disregard the sin that is in your life and you bury it deep below so that nobody will see. Let me tell you, Achan, there is nothing hid from the eyes of the Lord. He sees all, there is nothing withheld from him. It's as if everything appeared naked before him, is what Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes. You've been found out. Nothing is hid from him. The only thing that God didn't show me, He didn't show me a face, He didn't give me a name because I'm inclined to say but it's towards love it's from love that these things are said I want you to understand the goodness and the severity of God of walking with him there is a goodness of God that each sinner each sinner out there has that love that grace that is reaching for you he is continually contending for those hearts that have gone astray out there from him but how often how much shall we run from God out there when he runs right after us when he he begs and pleads to pull us home from the grips that this sin has upon our life when we begin to deny that he will withdraw his face not that he leaves you not that he forsakes you no not for a moment but he withdraws his face as is insisted by that scripture Jesus said you're like white as sepulchers to the hypocritical Pharisees he said outwardly you're just like these mausoleums out here you appear beautiful before men If you begin to play, please. You appear beautiful before men, but inside you're full of nothing but extortion, dead men's bones, the stench and the filth and the rottenness of this flesh. Full of nothing more than that. I'm telling you today, I know what God showed me and I know that his hand of mercy is still reaching out today I know that beyond all shadow of a doubt for him to take one such as me as lowly as what I was as sinful and disobedient as what I was I know that he would reach out today that he would begin to deliver you from the grips of that thing that you said it's just got too too strong of a grip on me to break let me tell you that the blood of Christ breaks every bond that the blood of Christ is able to work exceeding abundantly what you could never think or imagine the things that you thought you that you could never be free from God can free you from those things tonight you might have it all together outwardly but you best fix up what's inside before God makes it manifest before the entire congregation you see maybe you preach maybe you sing maybe you prophesy But you'd better bring that willful sin under subjection to the Spirit. Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 that if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. These two are contrary one to the other and you cannot do the things that you would by trying to have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. It will not work. So I don't care how much you prophesy, I don't care how good you sing, it doesn't matter how they respond to your preaching. If you don't live a sanctified, set-apart, surrendered life, denying yourself and presenting that body of yours a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God, let me tell you that you will not enter in. You cannot just leave sin unchecked. You must deal with that sin in confession because confession still does in this day and time what it did in the days of Isaiah in chapter 6. He had prophesied for five chapters But he hadn't yet set his eyes on the Lord, who is holy, who is righteous, who is just. And when he did, he said, woe is me, woe is me for I am undone, I am a man of unclean lips. If you cuss out there, let me tell you the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.16, it says to shun vain and profane babblings because, not that they might, not that they could but they will increase into more ungodliness. If you delight in perverse humor, if that's just your go-to, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that perverseness in the tongue leaves a breach in the spirit. It leaves an openness for that enemy to get in and then begin to corrupt what is inside. He begins to corrupt that seed of the gospel that was planted there. And I know that many of you have a willingness to draw closer to God. I didn't come here to beat anybody up today. I didn't come here but out of anything but love. I came to see you get the help that you need today. And I know that we cannot receive that help if we continue to hold on to these things that are holding us back willfully. You see, you can't leave it unchecked. That conviction that Isaiah felt in his soul, it prompted a confession of him. Woe is me, for I am undone. And then after that, there there was a seraphim that flew down and took with the tongs of the altar, a live coal, a hot coal, and he touched it to his lips and he said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips. Thy sins are forgiven. Your iniquities are purged from you. Though your sins were as scarlet, you can be made white as snow today. You've got to understand when that touched him, let me tell you, that was so hot that the angel couldn't touch it. And the Bible says that we have something in the Holy Ghost that dwells within us that the angels desire to look into. It's so hot that the angels can't even touch it out there. burn, it might feel like you're giving up, that you're losing everything that you ever had. But I'm here to tell you that God will give you so much more in place of that thing that you thought that you could never give up, never surrender, than what you could ever fathom. He said, try me. Try me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will in no wise be able to contain. You see, in a world that justifies, their own subjective opinions and blatantly disregards this word of God today that seeks to change your life. There ain't no man that's ever let this word into his soul that it's not changed everything about him because Jesus, it said in his word that, that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things, all things are become new. You see we live in a time that disregards this word of god they want to rob you of your hope they want to rob you of your future they want to rob you of the blessings that god has for each and every single one of you and it haunts my thoughts to hear god say depart from me you worker of iniquity for I never knew you it troubles me to know that a man or woman who would come into the house of God and begin to pray or give praise and sing songs to magnify the name above all names that some would even prophesy and still hear on that day of judgment depart from me as it's insisted my friends by his holy word though they did all these great things that they say was in his name he will say I never knew you because it turns out that the motive behind their ministry was wrong. That the motive behind their worship was to build up on their own name instead of His name. I'm here to tell you today that even Judas denied Jesus with a kiss. He was still calling Him Lord. He was still attending the meetings. He was still there. He was still faithful. And I believe that Judas cast out devils because it said that he was there with the ones that he sent out. He called Him Lord but he was sold out to the world but let me tell you that God's still contending for those hearts that have wandered away from him he's not forgotten you as has has already been said here he's not forgotten you he said how could I how could I forget you? You've been engraven upon the palms of my hands, those nails that were driven through his hands and feet. How can I forget you? He said, thy walls are continually before me. He said, should a woman forget the sucking child of her own womb, that she should not have compassion on him? And he gives acknowledgement to the fact that there are deadbeat parents out there that would give their children up, that would rather seek after this world and seek after addictions out there and forsake the responsibilities of their actions. He He said, yeah, they might. He said, but I'll never forget you. I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you wanting. And what has He ever made you lack without? Let me tell you, we have lacked nothing in seeking after Him. He's not forgotten you, but have you forgotten Him? Have you forgotten His goodness, His mercy, that love? Have you neglected Him, even denied Him with a kiss? I'm talking even just a little. You see his hand isn't short that it cannot save but if you are continuing to contend with God desiring his blessing upon your life but willfully holding on to the desires that destroyed your life he'll let you have your own way. Much like Jacob of old wrestling with the Lord he let him have his way. He could have destroyed him at any moment of time but he let him have his way. Why? Because he wouldn't let go. And on the flip side, there's many that are not going to let go of these sins, of these things that feel like they have such a strong grip on them. But I'm telling you that the anointing doesn't just break the yoke. It doesn't just break those chains of bondage. He says that the anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke so that it cannot be instituted again. It cannot be brought up against you. Your past failures will not determine who you are today as long as you turn that over to God and stop letting that thing that you willfully hold on to. But I could not help but to get past this, this that came into my mind. As many begin to hold on to that thing and reap what they sow, they will even dare to ask the question, God, why would you let this happen to me? Why did you let this happen to me? But you see, the, the more accurate question to be asking is, why did you? From what I understand, you all have been in a series here lately. What's, what's the name of the series? What was it called? If it's not you, it's not anyone. You see, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in this room. You can have as much faith and confidence in another person as you want. You can bring those prayer requests to your pastor, to these saints of God. There's not enough praying that they can do for your sin. God might send the conviction, but if it's not you that deals with that sin and deals with that temptation, it won't be anybody. It won't be anybody. You have to deal with that sin. You see, sometimes He'll let you have your own way to your own hurt so that in your latter end, you might return to Him willing to let go because in His great love for you, He's not so willing to let go of you. I loved you enough here to come out, leave that word with you, And I know that it's of God. I know it's truth today. I know what it's like to be bound in bitterness. I know what it's like to be bound in depression. I know what it's like to be bound in idolatry to feel like there's no way out of these things. And I know what it's like to suffer from loneliness, but God can give you that victory over every single one of those things today if you would just begin to come up here right now as they begin to sing. If you would just begin to bind those things, that thing that's hindered you and held you back even to the horns of the altar is what the Bible says. Why do you have to bind it? Because there's too many people taking these things back with them. Those things were alive. They kicked, they thrashed. They wanted to stay alive in these temptations. These sins, they want to stay alive in each and every single one of your lives. But the blood of Christ, it draws you nigh today. He calls out and says, return unto me and I will return unto you. He's not given up on you yet. Don't run so far that you get past that point of no return. I believe as long as there's life, there's hope as long as there's breath in those lungs to cry out to God just as Samson did he said Lord hear me one more time and as that hair began to grow even though he had fell time and time and time again and it's it snowballed into something evil for him lost his anointing of God lost his strength lost his eyesight made a mockery of let me tell you that you don't have to let the devil or anybody else make a fool out of you anymore because he who is for you is greater than he who is in the world that no weapon formed against you can prosper in this place tonight pastor thanks for listening if this message blessed you in any way please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone you can follow us on social media at haven youth church we love you fam the best is yet to come